1: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: You are locked on balls, your daily Tennessee volunteers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here. On today's show, to close out the week, this is the Friday episode of Locked on Vols. We are getting ready for the weekend, and on today's show, I'm going to update you on a win total projection from DraftKings that came out. I'll tell you where Tennessee is. I'll tell you where some of the schools Tennessee will go up against stand as well, again, according to the DraftKings Sportsbook. That's here in segment number one. You'll also hear from Jeremy Pruitt, an update from him on leaders within the team, how important they are, and what he has seen from this football team, the players, the connection they have with one another – as they are away from the coaches that continues to be a storyline which we'll cover on today's show that's the topic in segment number one in segment number two I'm going to bring you part of the conversation that Eric Kane and I had for 99.1 the sports animal we did a zoom video call and we talked a little bit about players being away how that might affect the quarterback position for 2020 and what players are trying to get done away from the coaching staff as they continue to plan, even though they don't have the players on campus. So that's coming up in the first couple of segments, talking about what Tennessee is trying to get done away from one another. And then in segment number three, we're closing out the week. It's been another challenging one, and that's not necessarily going to stop anytime soon, but I thought I'd close out the show with a little inspiration as If you think about Tennessee, there are a number of really great ambassadors for the program, people who are associated with Tennessee right now, people who have come through the university. You're going to hear from Inky Johnson, a guy who, anytime he speaks, I think we should listen, and the message he will have to close out today's show, I think will be a good one for you. That's right here on Locked On Vols. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. I appreciate you being here. I hope the show is helping you get through. These times and everything that we're dealing with, and we'll get through it together. Locked on Vols, again, is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I mentioned the win totals came out from DraftKings for the upcoming college football season, and I'll just go ahead and say this, of course, is going to depend on a full season being played, and this is based on 12 regular season games. The over-under win total for Tennessee is seven. I would have thought it maybe be a half game higher. I think seven or eight wins will be the most common discussion around Tennessee's football team for this upcoming year. As Heather and I talked about it on Sports 180, if Tennessee were to go under this number, no matter how this summer goes, that would be really disappointing. If Tennessee is 6-6 six and six or worse this upcoming year, I think back to the survey that David Ubbin did for The Athletic a couple of weeks ago, and he asked for record predictions for this upcoming season, and I don't think he had one worse than 7-5. and five. So if Tennessee were to go under this number 7 win total, that would be really disappointing. How does Tennessee compare to its SEC East opponents? Georgia and Florida are tied with the highest number. They are both at 10, and Georgia's over 10 is minus 121. Over 10 for Florida is plus 100. So the the number is over in favor for Georgia. Under is actually the favorite for the Florida Gators right now, but they both have the same win total at 10, well above where Tennessee is at 7, and Tennessee has the second-highest number tied with Missouri, actually. I would have thought Kentucky would have been ahead of Missouri, but Kentucky's number is 6.5. Missouri's number is 7. For what it's worth, over 7 is plus 110 for Missouri. Under is minus 137, so a number of people would favor the under 7 for the Missouri Tigers it would appear. South Carolina's number is five and a half. The Gamecocks had a disappointing 2019, and the schedule is not going to be any easier for Will Muschamp's team this upcoming year. Over five and a half actually is plus 110. So not a lot of optimism around South Carolina heading into this upcoming year. And then Vanderbilt has an incredibly low number of three. So Tennessee is still viewed as the third best team in the SEC East. It just appears that based on these odds from DraftKings, there is a noticeable gap between Georgia and Florida and then Tennessee and Tennessee is going to have a chance to prove that that gap has closed Tennessee gets Florida at home in September if Tennessee can win that game well Tennessee is going to have a really good chance to go over seven and that's going to say that the gap has well closed for sure between Tennessee and Florida and maybe Tennessee can at least be in the running with where Georgia is and something else that would come into play here would be culture, the established leadership, the depth of your program, how many players you have that you can rely on because then that creates competition within the roster as well. All of that can add up. And that's been a topic that I've brought up on the show over the last couple of weeks, uh, guys that can be accountable while they are away and then hold others accountable as well. You, you look to those guys to help while coaches are not with the players every single day they might communicate every day but communicating away from each other is very different of course than those players being on campus and that's something Jeremy Pruitt talked about in the interview he did a couple of days ago with WJOX in Birmingham you heard a little bit of Jeremy Pruitt from that show on Thursday uh, but how about here talking about the need for those players who you consider to be your leaders to step up right now during this challenging time
3: you want to recruit the guys and have a team full of guys that hey, they, they look in the mirror every day and they say, that's my opponent. i got to overcome myself. Uh, you know, but, you know, everybody's not wired that way. Uh, some guys need to be pushed and prodded a little bit more. But, um, you know, I feel with the team that we have right now, we have really good leadership. We have guys that um, they want to do the right things. Uh, they're wired the right way uh, when it comes to, um, start with with a classroom, uh, doing what they're supposed to w- w- with their schoolwork. Um, you know, we've got guys really good leadership. They're hard workers. They're they're um, you know they, they understand what accountability is about. Uh, and so we I, we have that going on right now on our football team. We have a very close uh, team. Uh, our guys love being around each other. Uh, and it's been really good uh, to see these guys interact with each other. You can tell they miss each other, right? So uh, it's been really good for us to, to get them in groups and, uh, and listen to the conversation and uh, how they encourage each other, how they're concerned for each other's health uh, and their family's health, and uh, I, I feel really good about the team that we have moving forward.
2: Jeremy Pruitt on WJOX, and I do think it's difficult to compare one school to another because we don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes. And every offseason, I think you hear about chemistry and leadership and players stepping up. But I do think that you can feel pretty confident that players like Brandon Kennedy and Trey Smith and Josh Palmer, and Jarrett Garantano, and Alante Taylor, and Henry To'o, To'o and Emmett Gooden, and keep going, that they are doing their best to communicate with the different players in their position groups, and I'll use the word accountable again, that they will step up and do what is asked of them, and that they will challenge their teammates to do that as well. Comparing Tennessee to Georgia in that regard, very difficult to do. To Florida, to Alabama, I don't know how you do that. But I do think that Jeremy Pruitt really believes in – Uh, the leadership and the chemistry within his roster. I I think he has good reason to feel that way. So Jeremy Pruitt talking on the radio a couple of days ago. He's going to have a Zoom conference call with the local media on Friday. So you'll hear more from Jeremy Pruitt coming up on next week's show as he does his best to update what's going on with Tennessee's football program, what's going on behind the scenes, how they're communicating with players, as I think a number of coaches around the conference and uh, around the country are, are doing their best to provide updates, even while they are trying to figure out things themselves. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, a little bit on Tennessee's quarterback position. Does this break with the coaches and the players being away from each other? Does it affect the quarterback position for 2020? We'll get to that coming up next right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock, deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. that's cabobotaorangdays.com.
2: One thought that I've had during this time while the players have been away from the coaches and everything has been suspended is that Tennessee's quarterback position is more likely to be in the hands of Jared Garantano to start this upcoming season with the lack of practice time, the lack of offseason preparation on campus and the lack of time that Harrison Bailey will have with Tennessee's coaches. This is not to say that Harrison Bailey is not going to be capable, and it's not to say 100% that he won't be able to win the starting job at Tennessee. I just think that it will make things more difficult for Bailey, and for Garantano to have played this past season with Jim Chaney, and for the coaches to have been around him on the practice field, in the meeting rooms, coaches are just naturally going to trust the guys that they know a little bit better and garantano being a fifth year guy i think he has an advantage there i'll say again this does not mean that harrison bailey won't be able to help tennessee this upcoming season because it's not like he's not working out and working on getting better we've seen videos online on social media of him putting some work in Jarrett garantano is as well most of these guys are so uh again it's not to say that harrison can't help tennessee or won't be needed to help Tennessee at some point this year. I just think when we get back to normal, when players get back on campus, it's more likely to be Jarrett Garantano, who is the QB1 for Tennessee. I asked Eric Kane during a Zoom video chat that we did for 991 thesportsanimal.com. I asked him, is that how he sees it? Does it help Jarrett Garantano in trying to win the starting job that he will have had so much more time with Tennessee's coaches as compared to Harrison Bailey?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I pay Garantano to be the game one starter regardless. Even heading in before spring practice, I, I've said it all along. This will be an open quarterback competition. But Garantano, at least early on, he's going to get the one reps because he's been there, he's done that, he's proven at least you know what you have in Garantano. Uh, but certainly, I think that Brian Maurer and Harrison Bailey and or whoever else, um, it was going to be an open challenge. So it was going to be all those six guys were going to be splitting reps immediately. But you know, moving forward with the cancellation of spring practice, the spring game. I mean, it really, it's unfortunate for guys like Harrison Bailey who wanted to come in and, and the coaches to actually see how he was going to gel in this Jim Chaney offense, how he was going to gel with his receivers. It's unfortunate for Brian Maurer because you saw a little bit what you had in Brian Maurer, but he's a guy that just needs reps. He needs to play more, and he's a guy that could certainly push Garantano. So uh, heading on into what you hope might be a mini-camp type situation sometime in the summer, certainly fall camp. Is Garantano for sure? I would assume, unless one of those guys just really come on uh, in, in fall camp and, and just you know dethrone Garantano from that starting job. But I think it's gonna be Garantano certainly at the beginning of the season. Moving forward, after that, who knows if he plays like he did at certain times in 2019? You've got to take him out. The opportunity will arise for a Harrison Bailey, but uh, it's it's unfortunate, especially at that position here with no spring. But again, it's it's everywhere across the country. It's at all positions for Tennessee. There was some opportunity at inside linebacker for J.J. Peterson. Uh, there was an opportunity, at tight end, because Tennessee, outside of Austin Pope, you don't have a tight end. You definitely don't have a receiving tight end right now. So uh, it's unfortunate in that regard that some of these guys didn't get a chance to maybe prove themselves or create some depth. Uh, offensive line, there's going to be a battle at right tackle, potentially at left tackle. So uh, for guys like Wanya Morris, who wasn't going to participate in spring anyway due to injury, he hasn't really missed anything. So um, it's it's you always like to have spring practice. It's unfortunate it was canceled. but Uh, Certainly, uh, some some question marks heading into fall camp.
2: Yeah, it is a make a leap year for a number of guys. Uh, Either you know, veteran players like a Kavon Bennett. He's a guy that you hope can step into a a bigger pass rush role and be uh, more successful. I would say this year, now that Daryl Taylor's gone, Uh, or Bryce Thompson, Alante Taylor. What can they do now heading into their third seasons uh, at cornerback for Tennessee? And then those second year guys. You always talk about the second year with coaches, the second year for players. I think especially guys who have a chance to be really good to be special type players Henry Toto he's gotten a, a ton of experience but yeah you know for Darnell Wright you know really important Eric Gray uh, I would imagine though like Jim Chaney this is a this is a time where you appreciate having Jim Chaney as your offense coordinator because he will come in I think with a really good plan for what they have with their personnel maybe you rely on a, a little bit more of Ty Chandler and Eric Gray because you have a little more trust in them and Chandler's already a guy that I've thought can you do different things with him not just at yeah, running back, can you line him up in the slot? I would think that those are some things that Jim Chaney is trying to figure out right now while he is away from those players.
4: That's kind of been the, uh, the argument his entire career. It's what can yeah. you do more with Ty Chandler because, I mean, he can run the football, but you can also utilize his talents from the slot, run some outside zone with him, can, can throw the ball, just do a lot of different things with him. And Tennessee, seemingly outside of that stretch, um, you know, with, with Tyson Helton there, midway through the 2018 season, really hasn't tried to utilize Ty Chandler, uh, in the passing game, and I just – I don't get that at all. You've got talent at the running back position, change of pace with Tim Jordan, and certainly Eric Gray now. Why not do that? So maybe Jim Chaney will do that moving forward. But you're right. It's, uh, I think for Tennessee this is big because for the first time in, in quite some time, this is not an offense to where you're seeing a lot of uh, assistant coaches leaving, but your coordinators and your head coach have stayed in place. And so because you're missing all this time, it's very important. The offense is not changing. The defense is not changing. Some of your position coaches have, but, again, the overall scheme schematics, uh, that's no different uh, Different heading into this season. And with this offseason being as crazy as it has been and what it will be, uh, that's very important. But you're right, some second-year players, big years coming up for Wanya uh, Morris, big years coming up for uh, Darnell Wright, the two tackles. Can you take – first of all, can you get in playing shape for Darnell Wright? Can you stay healthy for both of them? And then can you take that step to play – uh, to pick up on what was an okay freshman year, but take that next step to where you can live up to that five-star caliber uh, that you came into. And and certainly, you know, Warren Burrell there at cornerback. At, at there was a lot of praise for him coming out of camp, and then ultimately not much more after that. So a big year, number two, for a lot of Tennessee prospects uh, coming up. And certainly they're going to be pushed by a lot of these guys in the class of 2020.
2: Eric Kane in the video chat we had on dot thesportsanimal.com, talking about Tennessee football and that comes back to the competition. Guys coming in are going to compete for playing time, and just because some of the guys in the 19 class played last year does not mean they're going to be handed spots right away. And, uh, you know, there will be the question of how do some guys fit in? Are they at wide receiver? Or are they at tight end? Like D Beckwith, uh, which position is he playing? Uh, Keyshawn Lawrence, is he a corner? Is he a safety? Does he get a chance at uh, nickel? I think Shamberger's is your guy there, but you have competition available at safety. You need depth at corner. So guys are going to come in in this 2020 class and push for playing time. And some of those guys that were hoping to make a leap, they will not have had the spring practice to give themselves some kind of extra advantage to the guys coming in this upcoming summer. So there's a lot of unknown. We're asking a lot of the same questions, I'd say, in Knoxville that they're asking down in Athens or in Baton Rouge or at Texas A&M. You know, George is in a position where it has more developed – depth of talent. So I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to say Tennessee's roster is where Georgia's is. It's just that from a competitive standpoint, a lot of schools are going to be asking the same kinds of questions. Georgia's, I think, biggest topic this offseason will be how is the offense affected by Jamie Newman coming in, but not being able to go through a full spring practice with the new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken. I, I think Monken's a really good coach, and I think Newman is really well thought of as a quarterback, but they will have not had the typical offseason season to get to know one another before they go out and play this upcoming year? That's going to be a question down in Athens. Now, they can also come back and say, well, we have a ton of talent, and on defense we're going to be loaded, so we should still be really good, and that should be the case. There's a reason DraftKings has Georgia with the best odds at over 10, even better than where Florida is. But Florida has to feel good about Kyle Trask coming back at quarterback with Dan Mullen, and I would say in Knoxville, Jim Chaney is going to have plenty of confidence in Jarrett Garantano's ability To deliver for the Vols this upcoming season as well and we'll learn in time hopefully we'll learn in time of course with this upcoming college football season as we continue to wait as we continue to wonder what's going to happen we're all going through a very different kind of time right now how about hearing from a guy that I think you always appreciate what he has to say that's former Tennessee Vol Inky Johnson that's coming up next some words of inspiration from the VFL Right here on Locked On Vols, which you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can also tell your smart speaker at home to play podcast Locked On V-O-L-S. So if you'd like the show to help you get started in your day or you're doing some things around the house, all you have to do, remember to spell out Vols, is tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On V-O-L-S.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles
2: I saw something pop up from Inky Johnson on Twitter. He's simply at Inky Johnson. This is a guy whose story is incredible, the way he overcame that very serious injury he suffered in the Air Force game in 2006 and not only overcame it but became an inspirational story because of the way that he has lived his life and helped so many other people since that injury occurred. And he's a guy that I always appreciated covering when he played for Tennessee And if you watched Inky play, the way he played on the field is the way that he goes about his business off the field today. But Inky Johnson posted a message on social media for fans, for anybody to hear. And I think it really can help anybody out there. So here it is, VFL Inky Johnson, a message he delivered on social media this week.
5: I was working on a Zoom presentation for a company, and I was doing this little concept about the art of the eagle. And sharing about the Eagles vision and how an Eagle uses a storm and change to sort of higher heights. And I literally had an epiphany when I thought about change. I thought about sudden change right now. Any football coach or coach in America knows about sudden change. Sudden change can win you a game or sudden change can lose you a game sudden change is pivotal within a game you can have momentum things can be going great sudden change happens interception happens fumble happens fumble recovery happens and it changes the momentum changes the trajectory of the game and it can win or lose your game and I said man sudden change right we're all experiencing sudden change right now in our lives with what has happened and what we're going through on a daily basis sudden change Right. It can win us a game. It can lose us a game. But every team that I've ever known had a period or had a segment or session during their practice to where they dedicated it to sudden change. So when sudden change happened, they knew what personnel they needed. So when sudden change happened, they knew the schematics they needed. So when sudden change happens, they knew the adjustment they needed to make in order to win or capture or save the game. Right. They had a period that was dedicated to it. They prepared for it. Right. So when sudden change happened in the game, they had a game plan that they can fight sudden change with so they can still come out on top and win the game. You're experiencing sudden change right now, no matter who we are. We're all experiencing sudden change. Right. Do you have a game plan in place to attack the sudden change so you can win the game? Right. But the game this time is the game of life. Right. The game this time is the game for you, your wife and your children. The game this time is your career. The game this time may be how you feed your children. Sudden change, right? What will your adjustment be? I'm coming every Friday and I'm going to start a series called Sudden Change.
2: He's on Twitter at Inky Johnson. It doesn't get any better than Inky. I thought those were words that we could all use and maybe all should think about. And we're all going to go through this in different ways and we're all in different situations. I recognize that, but it's challenging for all of us uh, in different ways as well. So, we're dealing with sudden change. We're going to get through it. I really do believe that. And when we do, I think we'll be able to look back and say, you know what, that was really tough, but we'll be better on the other side of it. I, I believe that. I hope that's the case for sure. And if we do more together, if we get out and we we help support local businesses, I know some are open, some are not right now, and things are continuing to change there. But the more we can do to support local businesses, local restaurants, organizations that are in place to help people as well, If you have the chance to do that, I think it's really important right now. And if you need help, I think it's really important to reach out and let people know that you need help as well. But I'll continue to say the more we do to help one another, the easier it will be to get through all of this. And I hope this podcast helps in some way as well. I appreciate you being here today. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Coming up next week, actually over the next couple of weeks, We're going to spend some time looking back at some of the greatest seasons in Tennessee football and Tennessee basketball history. So that's coming up starting next week. I hope you look forward to that. I'm going to have some fun talking about some of the best times in Tennessee football history coming up on Monday. I hope you have a great weekend. I appreciate you being here today on Locked on Vols. And remember, we have a bunch of podcasts available in the podcast network like locked on sec you can tell your smart speaker to play that show locked on nfl as well or any of the other pro teams that you might follow that's going to do it for locked on vols today i'll see you next week